Hello and welcome to the crazy world of Absolute Bedlam podcast. My name is Ben and I interview people from all around the world, from all walks of life, about interesting topics such as being an actor, musician, personal trainer, video game developer, you name it, I've probably had a chat with them. So my main background is music but I'm looking to get basically anyone from YouTube, Twitch, you name it, put them in touch with me and I'll have a chat, like I say. Um, Recently done a flurry of veteran episodes, so if you want to check that out, that's a slightly different thing called Tales from the Trenches with my friend and editor, John Belfield. But enough of that, I'm here to just introduce the episodes and just say, if anyone wants to help me out by donating to Kofi, which is a donation service which is available at www.kofi, which is ko-fi.com forward slash Absolute Bedlam Podcast. If you go to that website, you'll be able to donate a minimum of £3 to me. You can donate what you want and you can also set recurring payments, but I don't, you know, if you want to, then that's fair enough. But, you know, just do what you can, if you can, that sort of thing. Um, donations really, really help me out because this takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of energy, especially when I'm sorting out US people to podcast with and interview, etc. So every little helps really, really genuinely. It means I can really put some time into this and really like make it as good as I can possibly get. Um, I'm currently on the lookout for a webcam, as I've mentioned several times now, um, and that's a £70 product. So all of the donations that come from this Ko-Fi, Ko-Fi, will go towards that £70 webcam. Um, I don't like asking people for money, but if you're enjoying the episodes, say you've listened to more than two or three episodes the whole way through and you're enjoying it and you like what you hear, then a donation would massively be appreciated. Um, right, I'm going to stop waffling and I'm going to let you enjoy the episode. But yeah, cheers guys, keep it bedlam, and I'll speak to you all soon. Take care, bye. Good evening, and welcome to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. I was meant to have Ben Bolks on tonight, but he is ill, so I've managed to scramble across Twitch, and (laughs) I found someone that I was actually meant to have on in November. So, welcome Jordan from City of Sounds. Yeah, man, it's good to be here. Thanks for asking. No worries. Is it Sounds or Sound? Sound, right. city of sound. Do that yeah. again. I've got Jordan from City of Sound on. <laughs> there we go. Fucking straight away, make a mistake. Fantastic. So, City of Sound are a fiercely independent, self-managed orchestral music group with an epic, ambient, and atmospheric feel to them. That's not a bio. That's just something that I made up. So uh, I think I need to put it in our bio, though. I like that. Cool. Nice That's- one. That's about as good of a description, <laughs> I think, as you could possibly even fiercely independent. I love that. Yeah, man. That's it. <laughs> I don't know how I came across your Twitch stream, but I'm really glad that I did because I think I described your music because I didn't realize when you were streaming, you play your music. Right. And I was like, this is cool. What's this? And you're like, oh, it's my band. And I was like, it sounds like Incubus. I don't know if you remember that. I do. And I remember thinking that was such a great compliment because yeah. no one had ever made that comparison before. 
I think as I've listened to you more and more, it's very much Incubus meets Imagine Dragons. Whoa. So, okay. There we go. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. Take it. Absolutely. <laughs> so first things first, I've been listening to you constantly for the last couple of days in preparation for this, which obviously came about at short notice. So once again, thank you for that. You're nearly on 15,000 monthly listeners, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. So first things first, how does that make you feel? Is it about numbers or is it just about having a good time? I think I know the answer to this. And yeah, I'm... how did City of Sound come around is my final question on that. Yeah. Um, so I think, so actually, I guess 15,000 is low for us. So it's more on the low for us, but usually at the beginning of the summer, what I have found in the last three years is in the summer, you see a little bit of a dip. Um, I'm not really sure why it just happens every kind of June. And then in July, it spikes back up. Um, but I guess it's kind of a 50, 50 where to venues, to booking agents, uh, for tour numbers really matter. And Spotify numbers, they will base all of your bookings off of Spotify, even though Spotify numbers do not dictate whether you get ticket sales or not. Um, and on the other end, no, I do not care at all just because we have a great fan base. We have awesome listeners. We see the momentum where we're going. Um, For me, it's more about engagement Um, and the engagement that we're starting to get with our listeners, especially on Twitter um, and on Twitch is much more appealing to us just because it has allowed us to tour um, where we've had a lot of booking agents who are like, Hey, we're not going to book a U.S. tour for you guys, unless you have a hundred thousand monthly listeners. And then last year we went on a U.S. tour and we, we are friends with other bands that have, you know, 300, 400,000 monthly listeners and they're great bands. Um, and we went on tour and we sold more tickets than they did. Um, and not that that's like a, you know, it's not like a measure, but yeah. I think it says a lot to the, it says a lot to where the, the top of the industry is in right now with how the industry is supposed to work. Um, I kind of see it a little bit as like dinosaurs. Um, It seems like a very old and antiquated view of how you can create a following now. So yeah, again, I would say the numbers do matter in terms of a business sense. They do matter in terms of shows we'd like to book or getting opening acts for bigger bands. But on the other end, it's like, no, it's all about tracking what cities you know you have listeners in and where you can pack out. Yeah. I completely agree. Record labels haven't really changed in the last hundred years. And the, <laughs> the idea that you can use numbers as a measuring device is mental because numbers are always changing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit crazy, really. Like I've had promoters when I've been in bands and they're like, oh, we base the lineup of tonight on Facebook likes. Hmm. And that's yeah. when people start buying Facebook likes. Mm-hmm. So there's a direct correlation, you know, those two things run in parallel with each other. Yeah. But it's just awful because I've seen bands perform with 200,000 Facebook likes and they haven't been very good. But I've also seen bands with 67 Facebook likes that have played like their life depends on it. Yeah. And that's also something that the industry has dove into also is buying streams, buying likes. And I don't think a lot of people recognize that, that a lot of the advances that these labels are putting forward now, a lot of it is for Spotify playlist, uh, like placement. And so you'll have, you could have a band with 
eight million listen like listens on one of their songs, but six point two of those listens they were stuck in a playlist and no one actually knows the band name, and it and it sucks for the band. Like the mm-hmm. band kind of gets screwed out of it. Um, yeah, yeah and it's because you're trying to you're trying to like purchase relevancy, and then the band kind of gets stuck with funding their you know they'll get some advanced money for production but then they end up having to use a booking agent for their tour and then the label leads them to think that they have these ticket sales and then you end up spending all this money to book out this venue and then they don't pack it out and they're like it you know it it sucks for the band i mean that that's rough but at the same time like i, I don't have any hate for labels you know like i don't have any um i don't have a lot of anger towards labels because at the end of the day like Look, it's if the it's an artist saying yes to it and the label has to make money too. And it ends up, you know, they're both sides are gonna do whatever they can to make as much money, as much money, as much security as possible. So I'm like, without the artist agreeing or the fans agreeing like to what the label's doing, the label wouldn't have any power. So, you know, for me it was just more I don't hate labels. I just you know, no one was gonna tell us how to make our music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, you're self-driven and you'll do what you want when you want. And obviously there are times where you have to go to a studio and you have to wait for the producer to, you know, record you and then the mix has to happen, doesn't it? And sometimes that can mm-hmm. take six months. And see, but- and see, for us, that's why we have our own studio. We are our own producers. We mix, yeah. master all of our own music. Like yeah. everything, everything is under our power. Like, so even in our band house here, that we just moved into like our whole studios in here. So we do everything. And that wow. way it's not on anybody's time. No one can tell us what to do. We get to announce when we do stuff. And actually it's actually opened the doors to having other creators in our studio who now want us to, you know, I, I first kind of like started the way I started funding the band at first was by being a songwriter and a producer. Um, and that's how I started. And so I had a couple like songs do decently well with some like decently known artist, and which was great for me. Um, but I ended up just turning right around and taking all that cash and throwing it into the band as like, you know, it's a startup. I mean, in all reality, it's a startup. Um, and most startups don't become profitable till after five years. And we're in our fifth year now. And I can feel the momentum of our listener base and what is happening right now with us across the gaming world, especially. Gamers have given us a very special home um, right now. And I really love it because those are my people. And yeah, so we're in this place now where, you know, we we took the long road and we know that we got we got the label deals. I know I think you've heard me talk about, mm. you know, we, we've gotten a lot of label offers and we have. And some of those people are great. Um, and we just explained to them our situation and, you know, that we'd rather do the long road and do it our way and trust that our listeners are going to be what explode us on uh, to the scene and make us relevant. Um, but also we've had the label conversations where the label's not happy that we say no. And they decide, even though like, you know, we always said was no, it, it wasn't anything personal at all. We explained our situation and even then it was, it was taken personally and, then you get cut off from certain avenues and certain routes and thing, places you can't go. So then you got to seek out your own. Yeah. So that's why we do it all on our own. That's why yeah. we have our own studio. We're our own producers, you know, our own mix, you know, we mix, we master all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So how did the band come around? Cause you've got two other members. Did you know them pre city of sound or did you get them specifically for the project? 
Um, yeah. So, uh, I moved out to LA, uh, I can't remember now how long ago, eight years ago. Um, and I had, <laughs> I dropped out of school. Um, I was just one, I was one of those people. Um, I was with a label, um, back home in Indiana. Um, but they really wanted to have me do music in a way that I was not interested in. Um, cause you know, you know, I play piano, whatever, but they wanted me to be this like piano artist. Um, and then they went under actually while I was recording my EP with them and which was kind of actually all kind of perfect. Um, cause I wasn't very happy with what was going on. And I had a connection out in LA, uh, came out here, the connection fell through. Uh, so I was basically out in LA all, all on my own, trying to find a place to live, uh, slept down on the beach a couple nights. Um, you know, just trying to find my way. And then I had already known uh, that I wanted to do city of sound. So the band was already like kind of the vision. Um, when I left school, I went to Chicago for a little bit, walked around the city for quite a while. Um, and that was where I got the inspiration to do city of sound. Um, love walking. I don't know if you've been to Chicago, but that downtown is incredible. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Just the architecture, like the streets are wide. So you can take in like the whole city going over to Lake Michigan. I mean, it's just, it's a really beautiful downtown hmm. and that inspired me to do city of sound came out to LA. Um, and then, you know, everything fell apart and I had to kind of build my way back. And then I started, uh, I was working at a gym and I knew for sure that I needed to find a guitarist and I wanted a violinist because I first fell in love with uh, movie scoring. And that was one of my loves. I knew I wanted to add that element into our music as you, as you perfectly described, or what was it say? You said something orchestral. I can't remember what your description was. Um, epic ambient atmospheric orchestral music. <laughs> that's the greatest that's the greatest description of that's our like, music I've ever heard. that's like when someone's trying to like hand their um homework in and there's like two word counts you yeah know, there's two words left to get your ten thousand word essay in <laughs> you just keep sort of making words up <laughs> i mean that's a, that's such a perfect description though because that was exactly what was kind of in my head yeah. of what i wanted to do so I knew that I wanted to find a violinist and then I met Nova, our violinist, and then obviously met Andrew, our guitarist, and then we became the trio. Nice. So when you play live, this is slightly off script, but no, go do for you it. use a drum machine? Do you have a backing track? And same with the bass as well. We, oh no, no, we, so we have a, we have drummers on roster. Yeah. Um, so we rotate drummers on roster, depending on where we're going. Uh, like we're planning this uh, show uh, to do like a kickoff show during RLCS Worlds in Dallas that we're working on booking right now. Um, and for that show, we'll actually have Chris Wilson, who was Good Charlotte's drummer. He's going to be drumming for us, um, which we love Chris. He is an, an unbelievable tactician and general on the drum set. Um, so he's going to be on drums for us for that show. We also have Eva Friedman who plays for us. We have other people that we always have like in contact or roster. Um, so in terms of track, we a hundred percent use track. Um, if you listen to our music, we have, <laughs> we have like 20 layers of pads and guitars. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so given the fact that I do not have the finances to hire on all those people <laughs> to play, yeah. Um, what we do is, uh, we actually believe very strongly in using track, um, one, because having the click back on the drum set is going to keep it so unbelievably tight. Your cues are unbelievably dynamic. Uh, but also actually all of our bass is in our track. 
So we don't actually have a basis that plays with us live. Um, we did, uh, and it was a hire. Uh, we did for, I think, our first three shows. And then, I guess, long story short, we decided not to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and so we actually put all of our bass in tracks. So when we set up our shows, it's always hilarious, man, when we're on tour. And I got to go back and tell the, I got to go tell like the engineer that night. I'm like, hey, you're going to be, you can ride our lows, turn the lows up. So that way you're going to hear the bass in the backing track. We're running it through our interface back at drums. And they're always like, oh, okay, that's <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. And yeah. And it, you know what? It's a thing where for us, one tracks adds such an element of ambience and what you said, ambience, it's orchestral. Yeah. It adds that next level, but also in all honesty, I have, I have vocal stacks in the mm. tracks because it just adds such a dynamic element like yeah. to the live experience. And for, I think for our genre, um, mm. if I'm talking too much, you can just tell me. No, 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 no. Um, so, I love that. Well, I, I, I think for our genre, which is cinematic rock, right? I think, you know, some people, when they come to a show, they want to come see, you know, I know sometimes like they'll listen to a band, but they want to come see how it's different live and all that stuff. P our listeners don't come to our shows to hear how it's different live. They hear, they want to come to our show to hear actually how it's even bigger live. They want to feel like that cinematic rock hit them right in the face, punch them right in the heart. And so when we started making our tracks, it was like, Hey, we need these to hit like it's a movie score yeah. on every song. Like yeah. we need, we need to, we need to find a way to, um, translate like what they hear on album to what they hear in that live room. So even with my stacks, my rule is, look, if a singer is going to use stacks in their tracks, only use them if you can hit the note. Yeah. Okay. Because there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. We've all been there. We've seen those shows. There's nothing worse than when a front man or front woman or whoever has all their stacks in a backing track. And then that big moment's coming and you're excited for that note. And they sing like an octave lower than the note you know they should, but they let yeah. the stack carry it through. It's like, no, nah, if you're going to use stacks in your tracks, mm. the whole point is that the stacks support your voice. Yeah. They don't make your voice. Like you got to hit that note. You got to hit that moment for the people. Like you got to hit that moment. That's what they're waiting for. Um, so yeah, we definitely use tracks. Um, our bass is all in our tracks, which is always so funny. Uh, everyone is always wondering where our bassist is at whenever we show up to venues. Um, but it actually, it's actually makes it perfect. Cause then the trio's up front and then drummers on a riser behind and it looks great. Like it, it just looks great in terms of presentation. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, if you ever are looking for a bassist. Then... Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, I've played for about eight, nine years, but I've stopped oh, recently. Shit. Just that is really awesome. Have the time. <laughs> how many have you been playing? Have you been playing at all recently? Or I'll tag you in some posts after this on Instagram for my personal profile, but I haven't played bass in a band for a couple of years. I was kind of a hired gun for a while, but essentially when my son was born, who's eight. Oh, congratulations. I, that's all right. Cheers. <laughs> that's yeah. keep, keep him alive all this time. There yeah. I'll show you a picture because it's yeah, all, yeah. I don't know if you'd be able to you see it. Can bring it up closer? I can't see it. Yeah. Oh, no. You can kind of see his face. I can kind of see him a little bit. Yeah. yeah I can sat, kind of make it up. Sat on the world's biggest deck chair in our hometown. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's yeah. so good. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Um, 
yeah, I had to shift my priorities when he was born because you you do you know you live a sort of relatively yes commitmentless life yes where you don't really have any obligations other than you know pay your rent and buy the food but yeah. when you have a kid you know you've got responsibilities and you've got a dependent um so yeah that kind of you know i'll always help out people if they need it um especially with playing live and going into a studio but i just i don't know how people do what you guys do like i've spoken to brendan from wheatus about this and mm-hmm. he's like honestly dude like if you don't have the the road mentality then you're going to find that out very very quickly mm. and yeah. you'll start getting wound up by the people that are in your band but the whole reason you want to go out with them and make music is because they're friends and you want to have a good experience yeah so you've got to learn to let stuff go if someone doesn't wash up the dishes just fucking let it go oh don't, yeah don't breed resentment <laughs> from it just move on breathe mm-hmm. you know yep but yeah man um i genuinely don't know what the fuck we're talking about i think we're talking about backing tracks dude it's all good we're just we're just shooting the shit we're man just, it's all we're good. just riffing i'm just yeah, this, is all, this is all i do <laughs> yeah that's it um so most recent um release from city of sound was andromeda mm-hmm. and then you did an album before that called silent empire yeah so what are you currently working on and what's next well it's actually funny so uh it's funny you said that um i was on stream yesterday explaining this to our listeners yesterday so we're working on our second album uh andromeda will be a song on that second album um and i had been working the last six months on road mapping creating this concept for a second album that i thought was really cool i was very excited um i had like a whole journal mapped out of everything of what we were going to do and then something came to me like a week and a half ago and I could just feel that I was very um, separated from like our next single that we were writing. And it felt like we had gotten to a point where we were just trying to chase those like epic moments in our songs and just trying to find like, oh, this sounds cool. This sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And I had realized that like kind of, I went back and listened to Silent Empire because I was like, something's missing. I need to like, I need to take time and like reflect on this. I went and listened to a Silent Empire and I realized that there's like a, even though it's like big and it's anthemic and it's cinematic, there is a rawness and a vulnerability to it that I think makes the deepest connection with people. Um, and I had re- I had felt like personally that I had kind of lost that in a sense of like the song creation and in the production. And as I was having that thought, all of a sudden I started having this thought of a different type of album that we could do. Mm. which of course I hate because I've been working six months on (laughs) this other album. That's supposed to be our sophomore album. And, um, I started thinking about this concept and I really started falling in love with it and I could feel myself and I could like feel my heart Mm. connecting to it while I was thinking about it. So I sat the band down we had a really good band meeting and I told them just like how I felt and where I was at. Um, and they all loved it. And so actually, as of last week, we are completely revamping the album, what it's going to be. Um, mm. Graves or Gardens and Andromeda are still going to be on the album because they actually fit perfectly with what the concept's going to be now and like the title and everything. But it has now turned into we're kind of starting fresh now on the second album. And yeah. I'm actually very excited because you can already feel the uh, like that vulnerability and rawness is back mm. Mm. into how we're creating these songs. Yeah. Um, which is actually why I went, cause I'm going to be in the UK next week. Okay. Um, 
after the land next week because there's a Rocket League event. Yeah. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna train up to Scotland. Um, right, I think I yeah. told you about this. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna train up to Scotland. Um, I'm gonna wild camp for a week, and I am gonna hike for 100 miles across Scotland, and I am just gonna write hopefully hopefully write so many of these songs yeah um and i'm just gonna use it as a point i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot content um i think i'm actually gonna do some like time lapse videos and stuff to maybe even piece together into a graves or gardens music video yeah um yes we are in this place now where we have we are approaching it again the way we approach silent empire which was we we're not chasing the success of what this could be. Mm. We're chasing of giving our listeners what we always promise them we'll give them, which is a raw, vulnerable, and absolutely like epic sound. Mm. Whenever they turn on yeah. one of our songs, do you think there's a need to have your songs flow into each other? Because I listen to a lot of instrumental music. Um, the mm. one band that I can think of straight away is Russian Circles. I've mentioned them hundreds of times now mm. on the podcast and they pick up songs exactly where the last song left off and it feels like one massive song and i think that kind of die that has died a bit because of spotify mm-hmm. where people are like like you said earlier they listen to playlists and that can be such a wasted opportunity because the next song could actually be starting at the end yep. of the song so it kind of falls off a cliff and then you start listening to Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. you know, shout out Christina. If you want to DM me, then you know, <laughs> we'll get you on as well, but let's be real. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to sort of ask you that really, because I think that your music does flow quite nicely. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So actually on our album, uh, the first two chapters of our album flow directly into the very next song. Uh, so at the beginning of our album is a song called in the beginning and it directly flows into Odyssey. Um, and then we have a second song called lights in the vault that goes directly into silent empire. Um, and it's actually funny you said that because on this second album, what I, what I will say is the two title tracks will flow directly into each other and be a direct call and response to each other. Um, and they will be right in the middle of the album, which I'm very excited about. Um, and I agree with you. There is an experience. Look, one thing we want to try to do, it's a ridiculous attempt, but we really want to bring back the idea of concept albums and the idea of like, you sit down and you listen to an album all the way through and you, and you go through the story and you take the journey and you do the deep dive. And I, I think it's something that we have somewhat, uh, successfully attempted so far, but I think we can do it even better. Mm. Um, and that's what I want our second album to be. Nice. I can see you in a film soundtrack. Like if there was some sort of like penultimate build up mm. and like I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud, but if there was like an explosion, there could be like a 20 second episode of one of your songs. And I just think that that would get people sort of I don't know, if it was like a Netflix original or something, mm-hmm. people might be like, What was that? Like they might open yep. Shazam and be like, you know, Alexa, what was that? 20 yeah. second. And clip. that's and that's what we're trying to find, even though I just had the person that reps our music on that side tell me that there's no place for our genre right now in TV right. and film, okay. which I think is, which I think is just yeah. so wrong. 
like so i'm like i'm like eh, you're wrong so it's all right we yeah. took back the contract and got a non-exclusive so <laughs> <laughs> we took we took our music back but now he's yeah it, yeah I, I mean i genuinely believe that our music lands so well in the mm. emotional realm of like tv and film yeah because our music's literally written to make the listener feel like they are in their own movie right it's like as if they are like the hero of, of their story as yeah. cheesy as that sounds i mean it is the truth um yeah. so yeah i mean i appreciate you saying that because i i i am genuinely betting that that is the answer yeah fair enough we've got nine minutes left and i'll send you another mm -hmm. meeting just um so that it doesn't just drop off a yeah, suddenly. yeah could, um aurora is my favorite song of yours really and, yeah <clears throat> there's something about the ending where it's just you singing mm. and um sometimes that can explode into like Mm. you know this massive outro <clears throat> but i like the fact that it just stops mm -hmm. sometimes momentum you know you get a sense that something outrageous and epic is going to happen but sometimes it doesn't it doesn't always need to be like that you know what i mean mm -hmm. you're always chasing that dragon otherwise but yeah um so what have i got that can take eight minutes uh your nade shot shout out how did that happen <laughs> and has it long term has it affected you because i know you'll get the initial boost when someone gives you a mm -hmm. shout out i had a shout out the other day from kevin hart oh which was awesome fucking nuts and That's i've incredible. got a lot of dms but i've got no residual do you know mm -hmm. what i mean you get like this, this massive volcano eruption yeah so how was that for you um yeah um i mean i guess to answer the second question it, it was more like a volcano there wasn't any like residual um after effect or like long-standing um i guess bump but what is funny is how that happened i have no idea mm -hmm. um i genuinely have no idea how that happened nice. um i have ever since it happened i have not heard like i have no idea yeah i i haven't connected with anybody on that end at all uh since then but in the moment um, it was a beautiful thing that happened for us. And it was something that, um, you know, you get those, it's, uh, I call them made it moments. Yeah. And I think it's really important to have them where people set, like you have to have these moments where you just feel accomplished in what you're doing. Cause it like reinstills the hope and like the resilience in the big picture that you're striving for. Cause if not, like, especially in this industry, it is going to eat you alive. Yeah. And it is going to make you, it's going to make you cynical and it's going to make you negative and you're going to start seeing people that way. And I had started to feel that at that point. And I was, yeah, I was just sitting there, man, on stream doing my usual thing. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, Nate shot comes in and then yeah. it turns out he's with rockstar doing a stream like out of nowhere. And then they funded our, the rest of our U S tour. <laughs> <laughs> that's mad which was which was incredible i i will never that's something i will never forget um i'm very much uh that's very that's a very important thing to me where like for like nate shot like he will always be somebody that i will always have love for yeah and it's simply just because that moment that he showed us belief yeah and he showed and he showed that he was for us and mm. you know like i know he listens to our music yeah like he loves the band which I know that, um, like he, mm. he loves our music and just the moment he gave us, yeah, like he came on and gave me a moment mm. 
of he gave me a moment to show our brand new song at that point graves or gardens mm. on his podcast mm. or on his stream mm. and it is a moment that no pr no manager no anybody could have made with someone like him in the gaming industry yeah and he so humbly like allowed me to premiere our brand new song yeah and then play other music and then hyped us up so much yeah um that's something i will forever be grateful for no matter what and i will never forget yeah um simply because people don't people don't do that kind of stuff who are at his level and it says a lot about him that someone at his level like gave us that moment yeah no i get that to them as well it is a minute of their day but yeah the the wealth and the output of that minute can live on forever oh 100 percent. and he ended up yeah he ended up playing our music for an hour on a stream even after i was done yeah so it's genuine not just like yeah i mean he was like he was like dude what is this band like you know because he had no idea yeah um and then the cool thing was, is we did see a lot of benefit the next two days, the next yeah. two days, mm-hmm. our Spotify, our Spotify exploded to like 85,000 monthly listeners. Um, and it was just, it was chaos Yeah, and it was great. Um, it didn't yeah. necessarily open any opportunities for us, except for the fact that rockstar freaking funded the rest are. of our US yeah, tour, yeah. which took a huge price tag off my back. Yeah, man. That's awesome. But, yeah, it says it says a lot about him. I will always have love for that dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you find his email address, then you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it. So <laughs> <laughs> right, we're just gonna take a quick break. I'll send you an email in a second, Jordan, and we'll uh, yep. get started again. All right. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Yes, speak to you in a sec. Yes, sir. Haircuts. We all need them. Sometimes they can be a bit of a chore. Sometimes it feels like you're on a bit of a conveyor belt. And the person at the end of the haircut puts that mirror up and you kind of look at them like, oh, God. But we go along with it because we're British, right? We all know what that's like. So, Dom, at Babylon Barbers, you'll feel right at home with a relaxed vibe and a professional experience all round. With both veteran and sends discount, Dom has time for absolutely everyone. As everyone deserves that fresh haircut feeling. Supporting the local community is a huge part of the job, so go see Dom and get more than just a haircut. I use Dom myself. I couldn't be happy with the results. He'll trim your beard, he'll trim your eyebrows, all that stuff. Right, back to the show. If you're in need of some TLC, some posh products from across the pond, then hit up Archie Soul. Archie Soul Male Grooming is committed to making sure that you live your best hygiene life possible. Shower gel, beard oil, pomade, bags, um, wallets, uh, everything basically. www.archiesoul.com is the place to be. Use code BEDLAM20 for 20% off if you are a new visitor. This is a one-time code as an introduction to the website and to the brand. Shout out to Mark Archie Soul for always hooking me up with the latest goodies, the latest supply. Companies like Duke Cannon, Montreal Barbier, American Crew, Anthony. Uh, have a look at their website. Like I say, there's just so much stuff on there. I can't comprise it into one ad read. So yeah, shout out to Archie Soul and uh, back to the episode. Cheers, guys. One. Welcome back. 
so as I've just mentioned, you probably got it on stream because I know what you're like with your streams. You love it, don't you? Oh, yeah. So we've got some quick fire questions. I want to try and do this now and then we'll go okay. back to the serious stuff. Yeah, no, no, hit me with it. So, right, where are the questions? It's probably a good start. Um, do you know what a Kinder Egg is? A what? Sorry, I didn't hear. Kinder Egg. A Kinder Egg? Yeah. <laughs> no. No idea. I'm sure there's an American equivalent where it's an it's a chocolate egg. It's a very small chocolate egg with a toy inside of it. Oh yeah, like a Wonder Ball. Yeah. Well, if you say <laughs> so. <laughs> so, do you like the chocolate on the Wonder Ball, or do you just eat it to get to the toy? Uh, I like the chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Baby Bell, which you don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> or cheese string oh, i know cheese strings okay we'll go with that oh then. yeah those are huge back at home hello camping in a tent or camping in a static caravan for one week oh camping in a tent go all in yeah living in a city or living in the countryside living in the countryside that's quite surprising for me because you live in a city right now yep <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate or sweets? Ooh, I'm man. I'm just a candy man. Um, oof, that's the hard one. Um, I guess I would say sweets. Okay, but it's close. Bath or shower? Shower. Yeah. Are you a morning person or an evening person? I'm a morning person. Fair enough. Mint chocolate chip or chocolate orange flavor? Mint chocolate chip. Right. This is a mental question. If you haven't listened with to it, any of it. these episodes, then you're going to just be like, this is fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with it. So if you could go to prison as if it's a choice yep, and you would get $10,000 a day every time you went into prison, would you do it? And how long would you be willing to stay in prison, bearing in mind it's a maximum security prison and anything can happen to you? Let's see. I would probably, you said $10,000 a day? Yeah. Oh, $10,000 a day. I mean, geez. If it's at $10,000 a day, let's see, for the band to possibly retire, we could just do this for the rest of our lives and the success of it doesn't dictate whether or not we make any money I would probably want to, I would want to make everybody enough money that they could either invest it or retire. So we'd probably want to like be able to get like 3 million. So I would say, yeah, probably 300 days. 300 days. I'm happy, Almost to, a do, year. I'm happy to do three months. Three months? But I mean, that's still, still a lot of money though. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I don't ever know what to do after that question. That was so great. No, it's I like loved it. Proper, like, hmm, right. This is what I do. And this is how I'd get out. This is how I'd break out. <laughs> so, what's the funniest thing that you've ever experienced or has happened to you or your other band members at your shows? Oh, gosh. We have so many of those stories. Let's, let's have two. Like... Oh, geez. Let's have two. Well, yeah, so we have two. So, I mean, gosh, I, I wish I would have like written down a list. We literally have, especially, you know, because you're independent, 
you're doing everything yourself. So like you run into some really hilarious situations that are just sometimes too, like they're too good of stories to be true, but they're true. Um, I guess, well, one that's really funny was we were on a U.S. tour. We were opening for an artist. We were super excited. Huge break for us. It was going to be our big break uh, a few years ago. And our opening show was in Portland. In preparation for the tour, it was a nightmare. Like the artist team was a nightmare. And, you know, when you're the opening act, they literally just book you. And then you don't have anything else to do with anything, right? Yeah. They don't They don't care. But we could tell because I was very close with the artist that it was a nightmare and kind of like the artist was a nightmare. Yeah. And the team, it was so unorganized and whatever, whatever. So we get to Portland and we had already noticed like, hmm, this, you know, this is a person who does like well, like can pack out a place and kind of felt like it was a shit show. But we were like, look, like we've already agreed to it. Let's just go knock these out. It's going to be great for us. We show up to Portland. We get to Hawthorne Theater. Awesome theater. It's like 1,500 capacity. It is an awesome venue. We show up. Uh, we walk in. We're like, let's go. Like, whatever. Who cares if, like, they're in their own chaos? We're going to do our thing tonight. We're going to bring our show. And the venue manager comes in. Are you guys, artists, whatever, and City of Sound? We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're right here. He goes, oh, no, you guys aren't playing here. You're, you're, you're in the other room. We're like, okay, we must be playing in just a different room. You know, as you know, a lot of venues have multiple rooms that you go play in. He walks us down a hallway and then we go into a door and he goes, he goes, this is where you guys are playing tonight. They had booked the wrong venue because there is a Hawthorne theater and there is a Hawthorne cafe. And we walked into Hawthorne cafe and it is a cafe. It is not a venue. It is a max occupancy 50 people there's four tables and they did have a stage for like acoustic like one acoustic one person with an acoustic guitar yeah to just play some chill music and the stage it was literally i think it was six by nine so it was six wide nine deep and for all my meters friends two meters wide three deep <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah and this is like full production. Like they have like a full truck with like full, like sound production, all like we're running all in-ears, like a full setup, everything. And chaos just ensues because it's just like, you know, we're not playing in here, blah, blah, blah. Which like, we're like, Hey, whatever we have people bought tickets. We're playing them a show. So they set up that whole freaking cafe with all the sound equipment, they pulled one of the booths out that was on the side of the wall to fit in the mix board and get everything set up. And there's a picture of us doing that show. And we are literally on top of each other. It's hilarious. And we ended up going there and it was so awkward because there people who bought tickets were lining up at the theater because they had promoted the theater and tried to sell the occupancy of the theater. Yeah. And the show was in a cafe. So you only got, so basically you can only have, you know, 50 people in the cafe for people that bought tickets. So a bunch of people were getting gypped and getting ripped off because yeah. they couldn't come to the show. And then we ended up playing. Yeah. We, so we played for a very sold out Portland cafe and we did our show. I mean, we set our stuff up and we, it was, 
it is the loudest a coffee shop has ever been in Portland. I can guarantee that. Yeah. Um, that one was, that one was very, very funny. Um, we had another one too, where we played New York and, uh, it was for us, it was a huge show for us. Cause we actually ended up having a lot more listeners than we thought in New York city. So we were really excited and we were at a venue called the Highline ballroom, which rest in peace. It didn't survive COVID sadly, but that venue was so great. It was so great. And the venue had booked out the openers, uh, cause you know, as you'll know, you know, sometimes the venue just books out local openers when you're coming through on tour. Yeah. And, um, we, we get there and yeah, I mean, you know, you know how the music industry is, you know, sometimes you get some people that they take themselves very seriously mm -hmm. and their art is the best art of all the art. Of course. And all other art is below their art. And they want to make sure that everybody knows that that is the case. Of course. So we had, we, we had, you know, one of those loves, um, and they were playing one of the opening slots and I kind of do a thing. Uh, anyone who's met the band, like when we get into a venue, we meet everyone and greet everyone just because it's good practice. It's good principle. It also like keeps you from kind of becoming an egomaniac. Oh, yeah. Um, cause it just reminds you that like these people are human and like treat them like fucking humans. Right. Yeah, so yeah. we go in, you know, we meet security, we meet sound, we meet manager, booker, everything. Everybody's great. Everyone's sweet as can be. And then, you know, I want to meet the opening bands. Cause we always go and meet the opening bands too, just yeah. to be like, Hey, like, you know, where you're coming through you guys, thanks for playing with us, whatever. Cool. So they tell us, Hey, no, you have to do your sound check, do your sound check. Okay. So we get up, we do our sound check real quick. And this guy comes out walking the floor back and forth and he's got this like hilarious like silk shirt on with like no shirt on underneath like like unbuttoned which like i'm not one to say because i play shirtless all the time yeah but it was it was just it was it was like a statement look like it was great even like the walk so we start doing our sound check and then the sound engineer comes over and says sound check for city of sound and then he's walking back. He goes, he goes, Oh, city of sound. Whoa. What a name. And he's literally walking back and forth, like pacing us on this. Like I dude, I swear to God, this is a true story. And I forgot this was one of our stories until just <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. He's pacing back and forth doing this and we're sound checking. And for those who know me, I, 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 I swear I am like a very hospitable, like kind, like I love people. Yeah. I don't like people who degrade other people. Yeah. So I start, I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed. So we in soundcheck very quickly. Cause I want to go talk to this guy because yeah. I know that he's with one of the bands. So I go down and I'm like, Hey man, let's sit in the booth real quick. So he sits in the booth and I go, I go, how you doing, man? I'm Jordan. Like I'm, I was like, I'm, I'm with city of sound. And this dude puts his arms around <laughs> the table and he goes, I'm blaze. Bro. I, I kid you fucking not. Right. No, <laughs> straight, right, straight. No joke. He literally yeah. drops that line on me. And then I immediately, I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, dude, just want to say like, Hey, we're just trying to do our sound check. He's like, no, man, I, I know, I know, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And I was like, what, what? I was like, what is it? What is this guy talking about? I was like, no, man, it, it, look, it's good to have you guys come play. We're excited to have you guys come play. And he was like, yeah, okay, bro. Okay, bro. And I was like, all right. I'm not, I'm not doing this. So I just left. Right. Cause I'm just like, come on, man. Like we're all doing a show together. Like just so strange. Like no, no one cares. Yeah. Like no one cares. Like you're, you're not, we're not something special. You're not something special. You're not better than anybody in this room. Yeah. Yeah. 
whatever. So we go up to the green room and the venue, not like kindly enough, had offered to get like the band uh, food and drinks. And so we go up to the green room and uh, we had offered one of the other bands like, hey, like if you guys want some food or something, like just grab some, like don't, you know, don't feel like you can't have like any of the stuff, like have some of it. And yeah, that guy comes up. <laughs> Please. Oh, bro. Yeah. He comes up. And he's like, oh, like all this, like all this food for the band, like all these. Oh, wow. Wow. Cool. And I was like, bro, what is wrong with this dude? Like, what's wrong with this dude? Like, what is he doing? And then he goes and talks to the promoter about how his band didn't get food or drink. And I was like, hey, man, we already said that you guys can have like this food. You can have this like the drinks. It's fine. No. And he like wanted to know why they weren't provided hospitality and like all this stuff. Which, you know, then I just want to go because that's part of paving your way. Like that's part of like paying your dues. Like we've been there, like everyone, every band's been there. Like that's a part of it. Definitely. But you can have some of our food. So yeah. he, he ended up getting in a yelling match with the promoter. I had to step in and then I got mad at him and then it turned into this whole thing. And then they cut their set short, which because they were like punishing them. So this <laughs> goes onto the set. <laughs> and bro i have never seen someone treat a crowd like that in my life like which then i was mad because it was our it was like you know it was our crowd yeah bro he was so disrespectful and like talking about like i guess city of sounds gonna be up here playing like what name is that bro like dude it was so weird it was the weirdest yeah. experience <laughs> with with like another human i've yeah, ever yeah. had in the music industry and you're kind of like tied in because it's you're there for the night aren't you yeah so, so like, what, you have what to you... interface with this person to a capacity but yeah that's so bizarre man bro it was I've never heard blaze. of that before blaze. what's up bro blaze i'm streaming I'm like... on twitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying whatever's going on but dude it was just so funny like dude when we started our sound check and then he was like he was like who city of sound who city of sound oh yeah. what a name city of, and like pacing back and forth i was like bro what is wrong with you man what are you doing <laughs> like it so, was so odd hopefully after this he became a narrator for a video game or something <laughs> oh dude i <laughs> hope so just... the best part was nova our violinist i had to she was the one that i had to hold back from going and starting a fight she was yeah. mad man lacy's very protective of her people and lacy was like on fire she yeah. was she yeah we joked that Lacey's actually the front man of the band because she has the most front man syndrome of everyone but dude she was about to go off it was hilarious yeah i love that what a fantastic <laughs> story thank you please awesome so out of city of sounds you've got a little bit of a thing in the background which is what you're kind of doing now which is pioneers contract has set you up as a content creator is that mm -hmm. right yes so what does that actually entail obviously i don't want to know the amount but do you get mm -hmm. paid for it yeah and yeah. sort of how did that come about because i've seen your youtube video where you're introducing yourself and you were saying that people were kind of starting bidding wars over you and there was quite a lot of interest <laughs> yeah um so i started streaming uh, a year and a half ago um but I already kind of had obviously like an online presence, right? Just because of the band, obviously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I started getting approached. Um, we went on our second leg of the US tour and we actually did a show uh, with an org called V1. Um, 
and that leg of the tour, you know, we had a lot of fun. It was great for our exposure. Uh, we drew some really great crowds and some of those cities, we drew great crowds and it was great. Um, and I was actually speaking to a friend, uh, who's, she's pretty big in the streamer world. Um, she's been very successful and I was just kind of talking to her and, you know, it was like this thing of like, Hey, like, have you ever thought about doing content creation? And I'm like, yeah, but how would I even have time for that? Right. Yeah, because yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not going to go like make all these videos for YouTube and like make this like game, my, like the center of my world, you know? And she was like, no, you already are a content creator. She was like, you're literally making music with a band and you're promoting it out. And she was like, you should see it. She was like, orgs will be interested in that. She was like, cause you already, yeah. She was like, you already stream. She was like, you already game all the time. Mm. She was like, you game all the time. Like you're a gamer. And then, you know, she gave me some, like a lot of like good compliments. She's like, you would rep an orc so well, like whatever that front man, you know, kind of like taking that mm. front man kind of show charisma and then putting it forth on like a stream for an org and repping an org. Mm. Um, so I kind of just threw it out there just to be like, Hey, if anybody wants, I, you know, I'm open to this. Um, now I knew what the cost would be because the cost would kind of be, I would kind of have to drop some like songwriting opportunities or possibly like artist projects in terms yeah. of production. So it'd be kind of swapping, you know, kind of like earning like earnings. But I, I felt as if, if I could find an org that for what I love, which is gaming and being in that world, I felt like it was going to be a better avenue to continue growing our fan base from where it already was. Um, and then, yeah, I got, I got contacted by quite a few orgs. Um, and a lot of orgs that I was like, very, I was very interested in. Um, and then I got contacted by pioneers, um, who I'd already been a fan of. Um, I had already loved, they were a self startup, um, coming out of the Midwest in Kansas city, uh, which for anybody who knows, you know, I'm from Indiana, I'm straight out of the Midwest. Um, and so it was already attracted. I was already attracted to them. Um, and then it came down to three orgs, uh, that I was kind of going back and forth on with negotiations. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up landing on pioneers. And so now I'm a pioneers content creator and, um, basically cheering for their teams and supporting their teams and yeah. hyping them up, excited to go see, uh, the boys at rocket league land in London, um, like, see cool. them, see them take it. And yeah, love the halo team, uh, the split gate team. Um, yeah, even their Gears team, even though I know Gears of War is starting to come to an end mm. before the new one comes out. But yeah, so that's kind of how it came down. So now it's kind of been a cool way. It's kind of a different transfer of kind of, I guess, where, you know, like you said, like where money comes from. It's a yeah. little different. Um, but the good thing is, is now that I have gotten comfortable. So I've only been with Pioneers actually for like four months. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I've done, a, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of representing them in the last four months um there's always like more you can do and like something better you can do yeah um but i feel like i've done a pretty good job of like really loving the org and so like supporting the org and repping them yeah but the cool thing that has been is now that i've gotten comfortable with kind of like what i have to do to be a content creator and kind of fulfilling that contract with mm. them mm. now i have figured out that i actually can fulfill that contract and still do like these production sessions and mixes yeah but the beautiful thing is that through the stream now I'm actually working with other streamers who are actually great singers and great artists who have been wanting to release music. So, uh, for instance, um, my friend, Athena, um, she's a got a ridiculous, ridiculous power voice. She's got a ridiculous voice. Um, 
and she's a she's very big in the Twitch verse. And uh, she had hit me up like a couple years ago about like you know I would love to do music at some point. Like I really do love songwriting and stuff. Um, but you know, it just wasn't the right time yet. You know, you're busy, you got stuff. And she, the one thing I appreciate about her is that when she, she's not going to choose to do something until she's all in. Yeah. And I, cause I have worked with artists before that not, are not all in and mm-hmm. you end up writing all their music. You end up producing all their music. You literally yeah. end up just making a song and then giving it to them. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, a few months ago, uh, LA land was here and she sent me a message. She was like, Hey, I want to come to the studio. She was like, we don't have to do anything. She was like, I just want to come hang out. I want to see you guys. I want to hang. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Like come to the studio. Let's chill. She came in and she started expressing what she wanted for her music. Uh, she did a song. She's done a song with some DJs for rocket league, but she hasn't released like her, like, like music for her, like music that is just her music putting out into the world. Um, and we started talking about it and she started having some really fun concepts and she started having ideas. And then we started going, man, Next thing we know, we found ourselves in a production session, writing a banger of a song. And I ended up finding out that like, I can actually with balance, I can balance out working with these artists, which actually ends up helping being a content creator for pioneers. Yeah, because when she, when she releases her song, you know, I don't know, maybe in the next, you know, few months, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. when she ends up releasing her song, like it actually looks really good on the org. Cause like, I'm like, I'm signed to the org as content creator. I'm a producer and a songwriter on the song, you know, with one of the, you know, one of the biggest people in rocket league and, you know, like all the stuff she's doing. So I think I really, I realized that I can actually mold the worlds a lot better than I thought I could. Mm. Um, and I'm learning that now. I think at first I kind of closed it all off, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. Her getting in studio with us really made me kind of fall in love with working with an artist again. Yeah. Um, and I don't say that lightly because I had kind of turned off working with artists ever since making that decision to be a content creator. Yeah. Um, and she, she, she is making it fun again for us in studio awesome. with an artist. Um, and she works hard. She's got a great voice. Um, she's a great writer, great conceptualized, like roadmapper, everything. So yeah, that's a long story short, Yeah, man. No, uh, or a, cool. a short story long, but yeah. yeah, that's kind of the story of being a content creator now. So my content is like, I'm doing like gaming clips all the time. I'm trying to grow my TikTok right now. I'm getting ready to start posting my own videos on the band YouTube because the band has its own YouTube, but I'm going to start doing my own on like a playlist that has to do with the band, but through gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And now it's like, Oh, well you actually can create content just having artists from the gaming world in your studio and working. And then you create a song and all that stuff. It's cool. Sounds like the perfect storm. Yeah. Love A hundred percent. So I was in your Twitch stream a couple of weeks back and I've got to mention this because it was easily the most scuffed stream I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> You're trying to plug a HDMI monitor <laughs> into the back of your monitor and you're like, chat, help me. Bro. <laughs> I was just like, I can't watch this. this is- I, I have been technologically declined my whole life. And, and and I blame it on the fact because I didn't grow up like when I grew up, like we couldn't afford a computer mm. and like we couldn't afford it. So I, I didn't grow. I literally I grew up with antennas on top of my parents TV mm-hmm. till 2014. Yeah. Like, you know, and like even then, like barely working and all that stuff. Um, Like, so I just I've never been good with technology. Yeah, never, ever. 
So, dude, when I start streaming and I got like this PC and I got these people coming in, I'm like, I don't know how to set this shit up. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just the most meta stream I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Someone physically setting up the rig while streaming. But yeah, I mean, I just thought that was worth mentioning. Really. I mean, well, and I feel like it's fun, right? Like, why yeah. not? I do know a lot of streamers want it to be like perfect and they yeah. want it to be clean. And I'm like, man, I feel like people, people want to see like your follies, man. Like they want to see that you're human and that like you yeah. also can sometimes be just a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. I've seen people get raided before and they've not even realized it's just, Oh yeah. Know, me. I've done that a million times. Like... <laughs> I've done yeah. that a million times. <laughs> but when you're playing Rocket League, like your attention is on that, really, isn't it? And you do yeah. catch up eventually. I can attest to that because I watch you all the time. Um, when did you start going into public lobbies, lobbies in Rocket League and telling everyone, "Have you heard of my band, City of Sound?" <laughs> you know, it's funny. I didn't start doing that till like two months ago. I, how's it, I just how's like, it going? <laughs> is it, it going well? Yeah, it it's so fun because yeah. I think it was like a, maybe three months ago. I went and did it, and then I screen capped it while on stream, and that's what turned into that meme. Mm -hmm. And you know, obviously, you know, it's kind of a joke because actually, I'm not actually trying to get listeners. It's actually more to get really mean responses to create content because it right. becomes very funny, right? It's part of the joke. So you're baiting people. Yeah, hundred percent. Because in especially in Rocket League or Valorant, no one get no one cares at all about what yeah. you're trying to promote, mm -hmm. and um. So, yeah, so I started doing that and then it started becoming a joke on Twitter. And then now, which the problem is now, now I like can't tweet without getting the freaking meme shot back to me from somebody, which is also great though. Cause that means they listen to the band. So I'm like, Hey, yeah. they know who the band is. So I don't care, but Fantastic. yeah, that's, that's how I started doing it. So I'm turning that meme into a merch shirt that I'm going to sell for the band. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now I just, I just love doing it now, except now it's fun. Cause now, excuse me, now I get on and I ask it. And a lot of the times the person's like, yeah, I love your band. And I'm like, well, this isn't what I was looking for, but I love this even more. <laughs> is it like, is it like proximity chat, like on GTA roleplay? No, but they need proximity okay. chat on Rocket League. Yeah, that would be so funny because you'd be trying it, to like oh. catch up with that person being like, what's your favorite song? Dude, <laughs> just be and for content, that's so incredible. Oh, yeah. that'd be so good. I do love it. I love it when uh, now that they have quick chat or now mm. that they have a team chat on Rocket League, I love getting in and then getting somebody who's like, wait, are you, are you the lead singer of City of Sound? And I'm like, let's fucking go you know i get so hyped i get so excited yeah because like saying it. yeah people act like it's not fun and you know i see people who get recognized all the time on the game and they act like oh it's so annoying well i'm like that is awesome like that's people recognizing like your hard work and like they listen to your stuff and they're cheering for you like yeah. give them the hype like let them know that you love them <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely brilliant keep keep that up because that's very funny yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to clip. I'm going to put some good clips together for a fun little YouTube on that. Nice. So one of the last questions I've got mm -hmm. is, I really want to see City of Sound, City of Sound succeed. Try saying that. Especially Ooh. in the UK, because you've mentioned mm -hmm. in the past that you Same. think that UK might be your uh, one of your home from homes. And that yeah. happens a lot with US bands. MC Lars, Wheatus. Mm -hmm. various other people i've spoken to have said you know the uk has propped up their yeah. attitude sometimes and it's kept them going um but what do you think making it means and what do you think it means for the entire band not just you 
So um, that's a really good question. So yes, I do think, I think the UK is going to be a launching point for us. And I, I have felt that ever since we started recording, I think it's the most, uh, I think it is the most open in terms of culture to our sound, um, and giving us a chance. Um, and I have always felt that way and I'm going to feel that way until it happens. And then I'm going to tell everybody told you so, um, in terms of the band making it for me, it's simple. Um, look, the vision, the long-term vision is to be the biggest band in the world. That's just because that's the fun thing to chase, right? That's the fun thing to go after. Um, but what it means to make it for me, one is look, even now, if it ended tomorrow, because I'm broke as shit and I can't afford to keep funneling money into the band and trying to make this work. We, we do have thousands of fans all over the world. And I, and like, I can say that honestly, that that's a, that is a true statement. Um, and that means, that means a lot. I mean, that for me, like in terms of, we may not have financially made it, but like we fucking made it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like financially where I want to get, if we could get to a place where when we go on tour, even before we go on that tour, we all know like (laughs) the cuts we're going to make off the guarantees of shows. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not a lot of money, if it's enough that everyone can yearly have a salary they live off and can live just decently Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. We've made it, especially as an independent band. Yeah. If we're, if we can start getting guarantees from show on tours and getting everyone their splits and their cuts on the band, we, we have made it. Um, and I, yeah. And I think that's something that we're driving towards right now. Full monetization is what we're striving for now. And I think that's for everybody in the band. I think everybody in the band, look, of course, of course, we would love to get paid a million dollars every show and everyone gets their split cuts and everyone makes crazy like Coldplay money and U2 money and Muse and all this stuff. Yeah. But like, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's like, let's just focus on monetizing the band. Cause for us, that is success. If we can tour four to five months out of the year and mm-hmm. then make a salary and then live our lives and create music and go live where we want and live how we want. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. That's, that's, that's living the dream. Like you, you don't have to be making all this crazy bags of money in order to live unbelievably well. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think that's making it for us. It is just the simplicity of monetizing. Yeah. And doing it when work. you want to rather, rather yep. than when you need to. Because you're exactly obliged to um, tour eleven months a mm-hmm. year. Yeah, fantastic. Right? Is there anything yeah. going on in your Twitch chat that we need to shout out, or is there any questions or anything like that that you? Well, they do? were already saying "City of Sound." Okay. <laughs> they were spelling that out, which was pretty funny. <laughs> no, they're just they're just being shitters right now. They're being great. Okay. They're be, they're they're being great as they always are. Um, but no, yeah, and I guess uh, for us, we're working on our new single. Um, yeah. We are working on booking our own show during RLCS Worlds uh, on August 11th in Fort Worth, Texas, um, right by the Worlds venue for the game. Um, We're not doing it with uh, Rocket League or any sponsors. We are literally building it on our own. It is literally on our own. So uh, we're going to get tickets ready for that. I'm going to London for LAN next week and then going to write these songs. And hopefully we have a new single for you come hopefully august we're gonna see fantastic yeah had it here first people so yeah um last uk based question and then i'm gonna leave you to it hit me no hit me with it have you ever been to tesco 
It's a supermarket like Walmart. Yeah, the supermarket. Yeah, okay, I thought so. I was like, isn't that like a supermarket? Yeah, I've been to Tesco. Do you know what a meal deal is? I don't know. So What's you, a meal you deal? get a sandwich, crisps, and a drink for £3, which is like $4.50. I'm going to remember that when I'm in London. So I need you to document. This is serious. I'm not fucking okay, okay, around no, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to document your meal deal and let me know what it is. Okay, I will. I'll, I'll on, do it next week. Put it on your rider. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> There's hey, so many choices. There's so many choices. So um, I'm interested to see what you... Because I know you're, you're into your fitness and your health and stuff. So you'll probably get like a fruit bag. and a, Yeah. But I, I know how to have yeah. a good time though. <laughs> get a dirty meal deal and a clean meal deal. Okay, I will. I will. That's awesome. I love that. Fantastic. Uh, any questions for me? Any parting words? No, dude, just thank you for supporting the band. I genuinely appreciate no it. Yeah, it, me- it means a lot to me. No worries. Yeah, like I say, I don't know how I came across you, but I'm glad that I did. Same. And uh, I'll continue supporting you. And um, yeah, hopefully this blows up. And I don't know. Let's see what happens, I suppose. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Yeah. Cheers for everyone for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing, and watching Jordan's Twitch chat. If you want to follow me on Twitch, it's Absolute Bad Than Podcast. If you want to whisper me or anything like that, I will reply to you. Um, yeah, thank you very much, Jordan. Appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on short notice as well, because I know how no. rushed that can make people feel. It's all good. I had the morning, so I was like, sure, let's do it. Fantastic. I appreciate you, man. Hey, thank you so much for always supporting the band. I genuinely appreciate it. No worries. I'll see you soon, all right? Yes, sir. Take care. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Hello, guys. Got a new ad read for you from a company called Optimus U. Um, So they are a fitness and sportswear company. Um, They are an excellent example of how fitness and sportswear should be achieved. They are going towards the fully sustainable route, which I am well behind planting a tree and all that sort of stuff for every purchase. So I've got this to read out. I've got Optimus U. We are much more than just a sportswear brand. We are a community full of fighters for 100% of the people, absolutely zero discrimination, and only using the very, very best quality in organic, sustainable materials made ethically here in Europe. Whether you're taking your dog for a walk or hitting that new personal best in the gym, let us help you along your journey and letting you become the most optimist version of yourself. Recently got these on board because I think that Luke from Optimus U is a fantastic example of a leader and lockdown has helped him create and develop this amazing brand. Um, And they are incredibly involved, they're incredibly inclusive like I say and I cannot recommend them enough. So give them a go at optimusu.co.uk if you use my code which is bedlam10 bedlam10 you'll get 10% off your order and i i just i think they're fantastic um they haven't put a foot wrong truly absolutely awesome company um i've recently been given a shirt and hoodie from them and i will be ordering some more stuff from them very very soon so shout out to optimusu uh right Back to the episode. Cheers, guys. Bye. Hello. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Just got an ad read from a new sponsor called Set Surf. So, 
Set Surf is a small British company passionate about mineral sunscreen and natural skin protection. Our range of sunscreens and creams are designed to protect your skin naturally without harsh chemicals which harm coral reefs and aquatic life. So if anyone knows me in real life, they'll know that I'm from a seaside town and one of the most important things when you go to the beach and probably anywhere in the world really, to be fair, is sun cream. And we all know how much of an absolute disaster it can be when you go to the beach without sun cream. So I want to make sure that people are using the right sun cream and not the rubbish, cheap alternatives from many, many supermarkets. <laughs> I won't call any out. Um, but yeah, this is how Set Surf is different from all that cheap, nasty stuff that will just about get the job done. So it's 100% mineral. We don't use any harsh or weird chemicals to reach SPF 50. They just use zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, which makes them perfect for sensitive skin and all of your kids. It's reef safe because we use no chemicals which harm coral reefs and aquatic life at all. Our sunscreens are genuinely reef safe. They're also non-nano. We use non-nano sized particles which don't sink into the deeper layers of your skin like you get with some chemical sunscreens. It rubs in virtually clear, so set sunscreen rubs in very well without leaving any chalky marks or residue on your skin and they are also very, very water resistant. Lastly, they are packed with good stuff. They contain Kalahari melon oil, argan oil and aloe vera to nourish and moisturise your skin. If you shop the range at www.setsurf.com, use the code BEDLAM20 to get 20% off any of the products on their website. So that's www.setsurf.com and use the code BEDLAM20 to get 20% off of anything on their website. Right, another ad read coming right up. See you later.